Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Buccino and SB3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it's Tuesday afternoon, and you know what that means. It is time to go live. Live, I said, here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Audio will be available later on the Believe Podcast Network as well, in case you can't stay for the entire show, but we sure do hope that you can. Make sure to get your comments in, get your questions in. We're going to be breaking down all the fallout from Monday Night Raw, a major shakeup as far as far as the money in the bank match is, or the card, excuse me, is concerned. Title match being changed last night on uh, Monday Night Raw, so we'll dive into that. And because of that title change, a or a I am having a fantastic time talking so far today. Because of that match change, we had a prominent group on Monday Night Raw that was a no-show last night. We will talk about that as well. Becky Lynch continues her downward spiral. Is she in danger of missing the premium live event for which she is the poster girl for? We'll get into that. Ezekiel, Elias, Kevin Owens, I think that... That segment, I speak for everybody when I say that was better than anything we could have possibly hoped for last night. That was WWE entertainment at its finest last night. So we got to give all uh, three men involved uh, their flowers last night for sure. And possibly a third brother coming up uh, next week. And SB3 and I are going to play a little game. Contender or pretender today when it comes to the money and the bank participants sp3 how are you doing today hope you're talking better than i am i am frustrated because my tag team partner here on the believe in pro wrestling podcast was involved in a a five dollar hush pack agreement with uh jeremy lambert a fightful overbug to screw me out of winning Pillar to close. Thank you, Ace Shock. I, I saw you, Ace Shock. You are the you are you are one of the few that is on the right side of the truth, the right side of justice. I was screwed over, and Rick was unfortunately a part of it. But I am happy to be here with Rick, live with all of you here to talk some professional wrestling today. Hey, I didn't tell Jeremy to eliminate you first. I just said, hey, make sure he's available by you know the time that we go we go live here on this channel at 215 that's all i was that's all i was trying to convey i didn't tell jeremy how and when to eliminate you from the competition now did i did i and by the way where when have i ever when have i ever you know been been the one to to have nefarious tactics against usp3 when have i ever been that guy to try to just screw you out of anything do, do you do you want me to suggest people to watch our elimination chamber prediction show? Yes, or, I do actually. Watch them all. Or, Everybody or, watch or, all the episodes. Yes. The Royal Rumble prediction show. Like every single prediction show you try to screw me over. But I'm like Stone Cold Steve Austin against Mr. McMahon. And I've been fighting against the odds as of late. And I, I will go back to Pulitzer Post and I will. And I will be victorious, and I will overcome 
Rick and Jeremy passing me around like a toy. Tell them to quit booking that show at one o'clock on Tuesdays and you can win as many times as you want. Or tell them to stop doing that so I can actually do the dang show every once in a while. Uh, what is up to Savet and Queen and Ace and Hypnosis Bro and Frantic World and everybody who's in the chat? Uh, we will get to all of your comments and uh, concerns and questions throughout the entirety of the show, which is why we're here live so you guys can interact with us. First things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. They are your continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Get the latest odds news and sports development including this year's nhl finals the lightning struck back last night major league baseball going on that's in full swing got the all-star ballots who are coming out here soon get the latest fighting news even next season's early nfl futures pound those odds for the cincinnati Bengals. are getting screwed in those odds head on over to the website use your mobile device sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit i said 50 percent Use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get that bonus and get into action. Bet online where the game starts. And SP3, I actually want to have fun today because yesterday's show, while albeit very, very good, was a lot of venting, a lot of frustration, a lot of just hammering on WWE creative. So I made sure to carve out some time on this show to praise WWE creative because we're equal. If they do something that's good, we'll talk about it. So we'll talk about Ezekiel, we'll talk about Elias, we'll talk about KO, and some good decisions that I believe that WWE made on Monday Night Raw. But a lot of our conversations as of late have stemmed around Vincent Kennedy McMahon and the allegations against him and the, the lawsuits and investigations and this, that, and the other thing. Well, the other shoe reportedly dropped while we were all sleeping last night, and that is the fact that John Laurinaitis who didn't see this one coming, was placed on administrative leave. He is effectively out as the head of talent relations for WWE. There are many within the company, this according to FightfulSelect.com, that believe he will not be coming back. And Bruce Pritchard, shocking to everybody. If anybody who knows Vince McMahon knows he basically trusts like two people, and one of them is Bruce Pritchard, and he is now getting head of talent relations thrown into his lap, a position that he has been on record before by saying he hates this position, but now he's taking it over in an interim basis. And there are some uh, people backstage again, according to Fightful who uh, are, are not too keen on this because now they have to go to the guy who's in basically in charge of creative to try to get time off approved. And you can see how that might be a conflict of interest, but this is what is going on here in the latest SP three. Don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but uh, your reaction, John Laurinaitis is out. Bruce Pritchard in. I am not surprised in the least. If this man knows three people, he only got three people in his <laughs> phone book. One of them ain't Shane McMahon. I mean, he, he got he got Stephanie and, and Triple H. He mails them letters if you want to talk to him. The three people that he he has in his phone book is John Laranitis, 
but now he has he he don't even want to put him under John Laronitis. It's gonna be Johnny Sprit Roast. Uh, shout out to wrestle wrestling quotes for that one. Uh, then you got Bruce Pitchard and he got Nick Khan. So he, he couldn't put Nick Khan in that position because Nick Khan deals with the with the business side. So he was like, "Hey, Bruce, I, I'm a, I'm gonna need you to to have another role, a role that Bruce Richard has gone on record on his podcast, something to wrestle with, <laughs> saying that he does not like this role. He doesn't enjoy this role. But every other person that Vince knows in this role is somewhere." else jay jim ross had this role before and he he's in aew so he can't call on him so he the best person for vince in his eyes is bruce pitchard bruce pitchard has even more power not only is he the executive director of creative for raw and smackdown he is now the head of talent relations this can only be bad for the performers, I think. And I understand the frustration from those uh, behind the scenes, like FIFA reported, like PW Insider reported. This is not a good situation for the performers. And hopefully this is an interim position. Like I said, with, you know, Vince and, you know, the whole Stephanie taking the interim CEO and chairman woman role, I think long-term and the biggest consequence out of all of this is that interim role kind of taking down and her becoming the permanent CEO and chairwoman. Cause that's the best thing for WWE, but the best thing for WWE is not having Bruce Richard take on this role full time. So hopefully this is just a, interim position for him yeah and uh whoops, sorry uh a shock uh saying why can't Heyman be in that position and i i, I some of those names some of these names like all your name people you, you're thinking of you know have crossed into my mind uh as well as you know instead of throwing everything on bruce pritchard's plate at this point i don't know that would require me to get into the head of vince mcmahon which i don't like doing very often uh, SP3 is the guy who puts on his Vince hat, but yeah, there's, there is a very minute group of people that Vince McMahon trusts with these certain situations. And if you have to make a, a hasty decision, like, okay, your right-hand man, John Laurinaitis, you got to let him go. Basically, who are you going to throw into that role on a, on a very, very short notice? Yeah. It's probably going to be one of the other two guys in the whole entire world that you trust. So, yeah, he's going to throw this on Bruce Pritchard's lap. And Bruce, of course, is going to go, sure, boss, whatever you want. I'm all on it. I love this job. Everything's great. Uh, again, hopefully they are beginning the process of hiring a more full-time person in that role. Maybe there's somebody else there who could eventually take over. Don't know. Uh, this does suck uh, across the board. As uh, Queen brought up uh, an excellent point here that I was going to make. I wish Vince went on administrative leave so I wouldn't have to see Brock and Roman again. That's the I know, but that's the that this is a very necessary move, but also a hypocritical one because John Laurinaitis was the second guy named. He was the second gunman on the grassy knoll, and he's the one that's taken all the hit on this. While Vince gets to keep coming to work, smiling and trotting his happy ass down on the ring to announce stuff we already knew that was coming up. Vince McMahon on Raw last night. Reannounces that John Cena is returning to Raw next week, which we're all excited about. Obviously, setting something up with uh, with Austin Theory, so that matchup is probably happening at SummerSlam. That's something that we've talked about uh, being reported before. But just Vince McMahon again last night. Johnny Ace out. Of course, he ain't gonna go nowhere, and he's letting everybody know it because once again, he trotted down to the middle of the ring last night, unzipped his fly, and dropped his grapefruits in the center of the room. 
Just dropping the dick. Off. He dropped the dick on the table, and he's like, "You see my genetic jackhammer? <laughs> he is Jordan Belfort in Wolf of Wall Street. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He's still pulling the strings. He is the Teflon Don. He is Al Capone. He is Tony Soprano. He is James St. Patrick. He can't be touched. He can't be stopped. You can you can't stop the unstoppable." Cancel the uncancelable. Vince McMahon is the uncancelable, it seems. It doesn't matter if Stephanie McMahon becomes the permanent CEO and chairwoman. As long as Vince McMahon is head of creative, he always will be the face of this company. And all he's doing right now is telling everyone. And there are those shareholders that want him to be there because they feel like him away from from WWE is a detriment to WWE because he's the symbol of taking professional wrestling to that next level. So he just wants to let all those shareholders know everything's all right. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yes, I am making those those comparisons on purpose. If you did, if it, if it didn't hit you that every single person, if you believe what happened after the screen went black on The Sopranos, if you watch Power, Ghost died at the end of season six. Like spoiler alert for something that happened five years ago. But if you <laughs> if you know all these things, all these people got hit one, one way or another, and this is a man that's had a hit on him to begin with. But Vince, this is all he's saying. He's saying that I'm still in charge here. Yep, one hundred percent. He ain't going away. I would not be surprised. He made this a regular thing where he just trots out there every Monday Night Raw, every SmackDown, doesn't say anything, but just reminds people I'm still here and I'm not going anywhere. Get used to it. Uh, the big headline from an actual creative standpoint that came out last night, they opened up the show with it. Bianca Belair came down to the ring and announced that her opponent for Money in the Bank, Rhea Ripley, not medically cleared to compete so they had to come up with a new opponent at the last minute which we'll we'll get to the opponent choice coming up here very soon but uh this is it it sucks because this is a a major blow to the money in the bank card which i think needed a big matchup like bianca belair and rhea ripley but I can't help shaking this feeling, SP3. We hope that Rhea is okay. Don't know if this is work or shoot related. Didn't hear anything about an actual Rhea Ripley injury. I didn't anyway. I don't know if you did or not. So this kind of came out of nowhere for me. But I can't help shake this feeling that this is going to be better in the long run. Because saving Bianca and Rhea for a, a bigger show, whether it's in Cardiff or SummerSlam, whichever one's coming up down the line, one of those big stadium shows, I've said all along, I thought it was too soon to do Rhea and Bianca because I didn't think there was a prayer that Rhea was going to win. For me, I think this is better off in the long run. Yes, it sucks for money in the bank, but we're going to get this match and it's going to be on a bigger stage. So I think this is actually kind of, uh, there's a silver lining to this. Yeah, yeah, you can look at it as a silver lining as far as saving a big matchup or one of the bigger shows inside the stadium, whether it's at SummerSlam, whether it's at Cardiff or Clash at the Castle. But it's not a good thing for that group Judgment Day. Um, that good. yeah, it ain't, it ain't looking too well for them when the Pearson that was getting the biggest push for them uh, is not there anymore, and then they show up on Dana. 
and all they did on the main show was just mention that they beat up Edge and show us the same video. And they package. focused on and Edge. They yeah. barely even mentioned Finn Balor, Damian Priest, or Rhea Ripley. They completely glossed over him. A week after I'm sitting here going, all right, I love this presentation. They were still heavily focused. You got Rhea in a main title picture. I'm sitting here asking questions like, "Is it, this group might be all right without Edge. Now, what a difference a week makes. I'm right back to the other side. I feel like a damn tennis ball getting hit from one side of the court to the other because now I'm going, oh, that's a bad look. That is a very, very bad look. Yeah, Judgment Day, they competed on Raw. Not even on Raw. They competed on main event against the Mysterios. How is that not a match that gets put on Monday Night Raw? I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that move at all. You had plenty of time to put this match on the, on the main card, you would think. No. No, you had to you had to do you know Champa losing for the forty sixth time out of out of all his matches on the main roster and set up a AJ Styles versus Miz feud that nobody wants to see that you and you had to give Austin you had to give Theory two segments on the show to do the same pose down that everybody complained about last week once again on this show so no you couldn't have time for Judgment Day versus Mysterious no I mean this is. Yeah, man, it's not a good look. If you take Rhea Ripley out of the title picture, now all of a sudden they don't even, they didn't even give him a promo, nothing. How hard would it have been to do like a two-minute promo with Rhea talking, at least with Priest and Finn Balor? Man, not a good look. Not a good look whatsoever for Judgment Day. Again, it sucks for Rhea Ripley. I hope, I hope, that's all I can do. I can't even say believe. I can't even make my normal pun that I believe that Judgment Day, there's going to be some big plans for them down the line because this was always a possibility. Edge was their bulletproof shield as far as booking was concerned because you knew they were always going to get every chance to succeed because Edge was in the group. With Edge no longer a part of that group, they, they every week now, Every week now, there's going to be that legitimate concern. And a week like today makes me wonder if this group is dead in the water already. I'm not calling it, but I have my concerns. But I do believe that Rhea Ripley is going to be in the title picture once she is able to compete again. Again, this might be a, a written-off injury angle here to, to send that down the line. I don't know. Um, Queen saying, I'm starting to think that they only cared about Rhea and Edge. I think they they have high hopes for 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 Damian Priest. I mean, they did book him to be undefeated for a year. It's just once again they looked at something like Damian Priest and went, okay, maybe something's missing. And then they started tweaking stuff. And then that's when we got the whole bug eye crazy thing. And he lost all of his damn momentum. And now they had to refocus again. And now again, he's he's kind of trying to find that solid creative footing. So there have been some mistakes that have been made. Uh, along the way, but it is not a good look for Judgment Day to not only not be on the show last night, hardly be mentioned, and then end up on main event. Not a good night uh, for Judgment Day, but it was a good night for one returning uh, member of the Raw Women's Division. Let's dive into that, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Rhea Ripley out. Had to come up with a new challenger, so they did a five-woman challenge match last night. Becky Lynch, Asuka, Liv Morgan, 
Alexa Bliss, and the returning Carmella, who had been out. Uh, I believe she was banged up. Uh, Queen Zelina also banged up there uh, a little bit. So Carmella makes her return last night. I love the promo exchange to set up this match, and then the match was even better. Great chemistry, great action, great pacing. And to the surprise, I think, of a lot of people, it was Carmella who came out on top. Becky Lynch, again, continuing that storyline of getting screwed. Looked like she had the match won. Asuka pulls her out of the ring. Liv is able to kind of get to her feet after a manhandle slam long enough to eat a super kick by Carmella. And it's going to be Carmella versus Bianca at Money in the Bank for the Raw Women's Championship. Number one here on the five count, SP3, was Carmella the right choice here? To challenge Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Um, uh, and if I'm putting on my Vince hat, like Hypnosis Brow says, yes, it is because she was the only one that doesn't have have a direction going into this matchup. Liv and Alexa already are in Money in the Bank. They already teased being a tag team following Money in the Bank, so they want them in this matchup. Uh, Becky Lynch and Asuka, they always wanted to do that qualifying match because they did promote it before this week's show and before the Rhea Ripley injury, so they were always going to do that on that sh- on this show, so they couldn't have ruined it, so Carmella was the only choice for them in their eyes. So, as far as us, the fans, no, because they have done this Twice before, Carmella was the replacement for Bailey when Bailey got injured back at Money of the Bank last year. Carmella was the person that they put out in front to be the replacement for Sasha Banks before Becky Lynch returned at SummerSlam last year. This is now three times they have replaced Carmella to be in a championship matchup against Bianca Belair. They just this time they did it on a on the Monday night show instead of the Friday night show. It is it is laughable that they can't come up with new ideas. People complain so much about Brock and Roman. I think they be, should be complaining more about how many times Carmella has replaced opponents for Bianca Belair. I'm going to say yes on this um, for a lot of the same reasons that you talked about. You already had Alexa and Liv involved uh, in Money in the Bank. They were already in there, so they already had their spot solidified. Becky and Asuka are doing their thing. It didn't make any sense for Becky to, to win this match. I don't think anybody wanted to see Becky and Bianca again this early. I still think that might be the plan for SummerSlam. We'll see how things kind of shake out because maybe Becky does ultimately end up inside the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match anyway and wins. We'll talk about that coming up here. But look, man, like I like Carmella. I do. I think she's one of the most underutilized performers on the entire damn company. Do I wish she was actually like winning matches over the last five months to actually like make her seem like a viable contender? Yes, absolutely. Because this just seems like she lucked into it. I'm pretty sure this was either her first or second win since January when her and uh, Queen Zelina won the dang tag team titles. She has been vastly misused for the level of her talent. She is underrated in the ring. She is underrated on the microphone. They don't give her a whole lot to work with other than, oh, go out there and be sexy. And I've talked to her before about that, and she wishes that she could do more than that kind of stuff. So this is an opportunity that I think Carmella has been waiting for. But at the end of the day, those people who sit there and say that they wanted uh, somebody else tossed out uh, Joshua 
thing. I, I wanted Alexa to win since it would have been a matchup that we hadn't seen yet. And I understand that sentiment for those people who maybe want to see Liv Morgan uh, get another opportunity and a chance to shine on a big stage. I understand that belief as well, but I'm here to tell you. They were going to lose. And that's why Carmella is the right choice because Carmella is cannon fodder. <laughs> She's going to go in there. She's going to put on a good match with Bianca because Bianca is kind of earning that AJ Styles reputation of it's hard to have a bad match with this person because they're so damn good. And she's going to win. And that's why I think in the long run, this is good because I didn't think that Rhea was going to win and Rhea needs to be the one that beats Bianca for that championship. In my opinion, she was the only other heel in that match besides Becky Lynch. Doesn't make sense. This is making the best out of a bad situation. The only thing that I could think of to where it may not end up being Carmella is where they literally do something they've already done again, SP3, and they have Bailey come out and replace Carmella like they did at SummerSlam with Becky and Carmella and have her do that again and just have her get tossed out and jobbed out again if Bailey is coming back. I saw somebody uh, recommend that on Twitter. I honestly could see WWE doing that, even though Carmella won the right to have this match. If it was in uh, Allegiant Stadium, maybe, but not in the MGM <laughs> Garden Arena. That's a fair point. That's definitely a fair point. Um, again, I, I like this spot for Carmella. I wish she got more opportunities like this, but this is the right call because she's going to lose. That's what it comes down to, that she's the one that can take the hit because she has no equity left. So give her the title match. It'll be a good match, and she's going to lose unless they win. That would be weird unless she wins that that would be that'd be very, very weird and a huge shift as far as uh, creative is uh, concerned. Uh, one person who has not yet found a way onto the money in the bank uh, pay-per-view, even though she's the poster girl for it. And even though she had two opportunities last night is Becky Lynch. Uh, she lost to Oscar clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring last night in the main event. Another great match between Becky and Oscar. No shocker there. We both picked Becky to, to win this qualifying match before we found out about the creative changes earlier in the night. I think it definitely made more sense for Asuka to win last night to continue this downward spiral and drag out how Becky Lynch is going to end up on the Money in the Bank card in for another week. But that's the question. Does she actually end up getting onto the Money in the Bank pay-per-view or in the ladder match itself? And if yes, how does, uh, how does this come about, SP3? Yeah, she's going to be in it. I think that this is the, the only move for WWE to do. And if yes, how the last chance triple threat match. That's what they're going to do. I think that's the reason why AJ Styles won last night. Because he seemed... No, actually, I think it's going to be Riddle on the men's side that wins the last chance uh, triple threat or last chance fatal forward, whatever they decide to do. Last chance match. Riddle's going to get in for the men and Becky Lynch is going to get in for the women. That's how it's going to happen. I would not be surprised because there's only two spots left. There's going to be seven competitors in the, in the women's money in the bank ladder match. If you, um, if you believe the graphics, right. And we know one of them is going to be either Shotzi or Aaliyah. I still believe that final spot is going to come out. Excuse me. It's going to Charlotte is a returning Charlotte. I can't, verify that but i just feel like charlotte's going to be on this card she's going to be in the money in the bank ladder match so i have a feeling we're going to get kind of a 2019 royal rumble type situation where becky takes out whoever wins between shotzi and Aaliyah and steals their spot in the money in the bank ladder match on the night of the pay-per-view 
I think that's going to be part of the story is the fact that Becky's on the poster, but she's not on the damn card and she's going to wreak some havoc and cause some chaos backstage to try to get in and take that money in the bank spot. So basically somebody's getting Kofi Kingston is what I'm saying. Somebody is going to get Kofi out of this money in the bank ladder match and Becky's going to find her way in. And at this point, I kind of think she wins it. I, I, she finds a way to get the job done, and that's that's her win, and that's how her redemption story is going to come about. Is she's going to cash in uh, her money in the bank briefcase? Hopefully not the night of, and hopefully not the day after, because God knows we have seen that over and over and over again. Nothing to add on that one, SP three. No, 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 none, none really to, to say after that. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's a good that's a good option but uh i mean i'd rather see all the ladies that have qualified in the match so that's why i think it's gonna be the last chance and that's fair enough uh riddle can't challenge roman for the title again after his loss yes but the money in the bank has always kind of been like a loophole in that so that's why he was able to compete against omos I think a lot of people were a bit shocked the fact that Omos won that matchup, but I think clearly with Riddle coming down with the tape, you knew he was gonna he was gonna eat that. MVP told you flat out last week that Omos was getting into that match, so I don't know why people were so confused about why that happened last night. And a shock, uh, uh, they already set the standard wrong. The la- last year when Drew McIntyre lost to Bobby Lashley in Hell in a Cell with the stipulation he could never get a shot at him, and then he was in the Money in the Bank the very next month. So they have set a precedent for this. Yes, absolutely. We'll get back to Money in the Bank here in a moment. I do want to talk about something that was incredibly fun. I did not know how they were going to pull this off. Uh, turns out it was with a fake beard. It was with some trick photography. It was with some pre-recorded segments, but it all came together seamlessly last night. This Kevin Owens, Ezekiel, Elias, Elbron, whatever the heck uh, the, the third brother might be called, the KO is losing his damn mind. All of this was so beautifully done last night. To me, that was better than I could ever imagined. I half expected them to just pull some kind of a Elias is stuck in traffic or he missed his flight or some BS. They put an all-out effort on this, and other than the fact that that beard was obviously fake, which how can you, I mean, that's the best that they could do, obviously, in that situation, I thought this was flawless last night. Absolutely flawless, and Elias slash Ezekiel is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters and performers uh, in WWE as far as outside of the ring is concerned. The guy just gets it. He is absolute money. Uh, yeah, this couldn't have gone any better than WWE accomplished. And I would even give credit to the beard as well, because when they were showing the graphic with the real Elias, his beard was that thick that you can put on a fake beard and it looks like the real thing. So they did perfect with that backstage segment, establishing everything. Great camera work and camera tricks to have them both in the same room together, having that whole conversation. This showed the range of this performer. Like, Elias can play the musician that got under people's skin as well as became wildly popular and he could play this kind of naive gullible rookie who's looking up to his to his big brother like they played that off 
perfectly. I enjoy Elias Ezekiel outside of the ring, and I felt like this was the first time since the early weeks of this feud that there was actually some progression in the story. We finally got Elias in person. You you got you know Ezekiel showing up on the big screen when Kevin Owens was trying to call him out and say that you're you guys are the same person. You got Elias to do the guitar shot on him. Now yep. you don't even have to bring Elias back. You can have Ezekiel go on. Once this feud, he gets the big win over Kevin Owens. Now you can move on from this feud. Kevin Owens can go crazy on someone else because he's lost to Ezekiel because he still hasn't pinned Kevin Owens. He beat him by count out last yeah. week. Now this week, you know, Elias got the one up on him. Whoever he faces, whether it's Elias, whether it's Ezekiel, whether it's Elrond, <laughs> I think that it's going to be a fun little further progression for this. And once again, they got me on board with this storyline, of course, before the bell rings. Yeah, uh, Queen saying Kevin's reaction when Ezekiel showed up uh, in backstage during his interview was priceless. I couldn't stop laughing. And Kevin, as great as Elias slash Ezekiel has been in this role, Kevin Owens is the straw that stirs this creative drink. This is them giving him, um, you know, lemons and him turning it into lemonade. This, he has absolutely made this work. His commitment to this has been spectacular. And yes, when he ran into a lot or Ezekiel backstage, you would have thought he was legit having a mental breakdown. Like the only thing that was missing from WWE storytelling from Monday was just a shot of both Kevin and Becky just laying down in like a pile of, you know, filth backstage with both dejected looks on their faces. Like, just give me more of that on Raw Talk because they're both having mental breakdowns right now. Put them both on camera at the same time. I think that would be absolute gold. But Kevin has 100% sold this. Yes, give me him versus uh, uh, Elrod uh, next week. Uh, his debut is uh, Ace is saying just to just to throw another uh, wrench into the the mix here. And then you could do something fun at the uh, Royal Rumble next year where you have uh, Elias do all three uh, versions. All three brothers can enter into the Royal Rumble. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, though, if I were him, man, I would have been so nervous performing last night thinking that that beard might come off, right? Like, especially when he starts getting physical and he starts sweating and doing that and the other thing, they, the, the type of glue that they put on that bad boy was some strong ass adhesive. And I do not envy him trying to get that taken off at the end of the night because they made sure that yeah. bad boy was on there. They use the same glue that Kevin Owens used for his skull cap when he was Stone Cold Steve Austin those months ago. So they went to the same makeup yeah, but you, but person. That's restricting and you have, you know, no, that's easier. That. That's easier to come off because you're sweating. You could sweat and it could peel off very easily. I think that the, he was fine. He was perfectly fine. They did that well. He didn't even do anything. He sat down in the chair and then hit Kevin Owens with a big knee and then with a guitar. There was nothing much he could do to sweat and pull it off. <laughs> this was good. This was great. This was probably the best segment of this few so far. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I still think next week should be their final match, and it should be the true identity match. They got it. It's right there for him, man. If somebody can just get my idea in the hands of Bruce Pritchard, because apparently he's calling all the damn shots right now. I think the, the pseudo I quit match where one of them has to admit the other's identity is the perfect way to end this. I don't think we're going to get it, though. It would it would have been a nice way to to end it. Let's get back into Money in the Bank. I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to do something a little bit different here. All right. We have four competitors who are in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match right now. 
We have five women in the Money in the Bank ladder match right now. So we still have seven participants who are unknown at this time. Uh, as Or no, I did my math wrong. Five. We have five participants who are unknown at this time. But we have the nine here. So number four here on the five count. I want to play a little contender or pretender SP3. You've seen this on sports shows before. Mostly NFL playoff related stuff. So let's talk about this here. Let's talk about the validity of the chance that certain superstars have of getting the briefcase. Or are they just in the match for the sake of being in the match? And we will start with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, SP3, is he a contender or is he a pretender when it comes to money in the bank and hoisting the briefcase at the end of the night? He's definitely a contender, and he's carrying the raw side of the buildup. So he's the top heel in this matchup, so he's definitely a contender for sure. I think he is a slam dunk 100% contender on this one, and uh, I love the fact that, you know, they... They had him come down last night and talk a lot about Roman Reigns, which kind of gave me the the hope that they do realize that he's going to be, that's the few they need to get to sooner rather than later. They still have unfinished business there. And when they start teasing stuff on television, when it's with people they care about, more often than not, they come back around to it. So the fact that he's talking about how, He's the one that has Roman's number, and he was the last guy to beat Roman Reigns. It's like, oh, y'all do actually remember this shit. Okay, good. Probably setting something up with Riddle last night by attacking him and then giving him the stump, so I wouldn't be surprised if Riddle's his opponent uh, for, uh, for SummerSlam in Nashville. That's not a bad match. Nothing wrong with that at all, and I do believe the Wrestling Observer made the, uh, the same speculation as well, uh, kind of connecting those dots. That doesn't mean that Seth Rollins won't be Mr. Money in the Bank uh, as well. And he did tease something even more spectacular than the heist of the century SP3, which might end up just being another version of the heist of the century. Oh, joy. How about Drew McIntyre? Is he a pretender or a contender when it comes to Money in the Bank this year? He's a contender because he can do the Rob Van Dam of winning the money in the bank as a baby face and calling your shot in the place that you want to have it. He's the guy that pushed for the WWE to do a major premium live event in the UK. You got the clash at the castle in Cardiff, Wales, so he can call his shot and get the match that he's already teased on television about with Roman Reigns in Cardiff by winning money in the bank. So he's a contender. Yeah, I, I would lean. I said I would lean uh, toward pretender in this situation because he has already called his shot on television, basically, and he has already laid out the challenge. And we know in WWE, you don't have to do anything more than step up to the dude or attack somebody to get a title shot. Uh, but the fact that that Drew, even dating back to last year after losing the WWE championship, has kind of had to jump through hoops to get something that other people can just walk to because of course he's a baby face. He has to go through some adversity makes me believe that WWE might actually force him to win the money in the bank ladder match to get that shot in Cardiff. So I'm going to say he is a contender because I do believe uh, that that is a, a, a viable uh, option. Uh, again, guys, uh, make sure to uh, get your, your comments in it. Wow. Hold on. We might have a new addition to the uh, money in the bank ladder match. If Gronk just retired from the NFL again, uh, he might be coming back. That is some breaking news. I didn't actually uh, see that 
A lot of people thought he might return to the Bucks. I was holding out hope he'd want to play with Joe Burrow. But, you know, we'll see how it goes down the line. We could get Rob Gronkowski back in WWE. Does that does that move the needle for you, SP3? Oh, joy. <laughs> Safet saying that Seth Rollins is definitely a contender. Slamming Sammy Joe saying uh, beats Brock for the title this time in front of a live crowd. So, God, I hope they don't do that. Would they really put another title on Brock Lesnar for him to drop it a month later? Of course they would. Of course they freaking would. Because why would they give Drew McIntyre that win over Roman Reigns when they could give it to Brock Lesnar? The guy who doesn't need it. How about Omos? SP3. Big man getting in his uh, first. Pretender. Movie. Pretender. We can move on. Pretender. <laughs> yeah, he's 100 a uh, pretender how about Seamus Seamus the other man who is in this pretender pretender let's move on we don't I'm not giving giving long explanations for Omos and Seamus they are pretenders I will say this much I do agree with you I wouldn't be that disrespectful but I will say this I think uh Seamus is going to add a lot to this match, and same as Drew McIntyre. I don't know what Omos is going to to bring to this, other than he's going to be a guy. Do you see Omos taking any huge bumps in this match? Because he's not really a guy who takes a lot of big bumps. I don't know what he's going to be able to do that's going to add to this match. He's definitely not winning it, but I feel like this field, these four dudes, Something is missing from this. This match to me screams a guy like Finn Balor. Like this match desperately needs Finn Balor in it and a few other guys. Like, I don't know how this combination. I know that McIntyre and, and Sheamus can beat the hell out of each other and they probably will in this match. And Seth Rollins is always going to be a great performer. I don't know what Omos adds to this. Um, and I definitely feel like they, they need some, some different types of guys. They got a lot of beef in this ladder match again. A lot of beef in this ladder match. So I don't know how this these components are going to come together to put on a good ladder match. I just don't know. I think I think uh, Kevin Owens needs to be in this match to take a big bump like he always does. Yes, that's for sure. If they made uh, Elias, they keep teasing that Ezekiel is going to get into this match. But I think I'd, I'd rather have uh, KO get in, uh, get in this uh, for sure. Number five here on the five count. We will move on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We will play pretender or contender here let's start with the woman who entered the uh, match last night in oscar is she a contender or is she a pretender sp3 sadly she's a pretender because i love oscar i think she's one of the best performers pound for pound man or female in wwe but she's already won the money in the bank uh you could say oh she won money in the bank but she never cashed it in but WWE doesn't repeat the money in the bank often unless you totally hate the the finish like you did with the first woman's money in the bank but they don't tend to repeat the the same winner this close together so that's the only reason why Asuka is a pretender yeah I think it was pretty telling I'm gonna go with pretender as well I think it was uh, pretty telling when she was the one that got beat in the triple threat match against Bianca Belair uh, and, and Becky Lynch and the fact that she got beat by a manhandle slam and was basically on the ground for roughly six to ten seconds to eat that loss. I thought that was pretty telling. Um, I was a little bit surprised that she got the win clean last night. She's definitely deserving of being in this match and is going to add a lot to it, but her prospects of actually winning it I'd put it just above Otis winning. 
uh, when he won the Money in the Bank briefcase. I never would have picked that in a million years, which tells you they could do something crazy, like put the briefcase in the hands of Omas. They could do something crazy like that. So, but let's let's not uh, you know not wish that on anybody how about alexa bliss been on a, a roll as of late she hasn't she's lost matches but she hasn't lost matches they're clearly building up something for her is she a contender or is she a pretender uh come money in the bank sp3 uh alexa bliss hmm, i'm gonna say pretender as well another former money in the bank winner that's the only reason I'm going pretender because I see more things for with her and Liv Morgan, and I think they kind of cancel each other out. I am going to go with contender. Uh, oh, whoop, wrong one here. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with contender with Alexa Bliss. I think they are. Uh, they're building her up for something. This could be a nice way to transition her back into the main event scene, which she has been out of for quite some time she has not really been in title contention since she lost the belt uh to ronda rousey in a in a squash fashion i think that's some history that you could play on and maybe shift alexa bliss over to the blue brand where she is badly needed right now from a depth standpoint um so i would say they're building her up for something that means she's a contender do i think she's necessarily going to win it i wouldn't make her my favorite but i'm not ruling it out either how about her Possible tag team partner in Liv Morgan. Is she a contender or is she a pretender SP3? Like I said, I think they're going to cancel each other out because if they are going to bring back the women's tag team titles, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan seem like the best option. But there's a big if, like you said, with the women's tag team titles. So if I had to give one of these two women contender, I'll go with Liv Morgan. I think she's the dark horse to win this. Uh, frantic world asking, will Otis be in the men's money in the bank ladder match? I highly, highly doubt it. Uh, of the ones that have qualified, uh, Joshua says Alexa is the favorite for him. Uh, I, again, I would not call her a favorite, but heck you're, you're have your, uh, your options there. Uh, a shocker, your opinions, excuse me, a shock saying Liv Morgan is a contender. She should cash in on Rhonda at clash. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but that's mostly because I see Liv Morgan as a pretender in this. Uh, I think hindsight I said contender oh did you say contender oh you yeah, said, said cancel you said cancel okay i got you sorry hang on yeah. i'll uh i'll adjust they cancel each other out but if i'm gonna i gotta give one of them the contender role i'm going with Liv morgan because they they would do something like that like they did last year with nikki ash i think last it, hindsight being what it is and I was perfectly fine with either Liv or Nikki winning the briefcase last year it just all depends on how they followed up with it and seeing how they followed up with it with Nikki. I think they made the wrong call. They should have had Lib Morgan win last year. But Lib Morgan has now reached this category of until they actually pull the trigger and have her get a big win, I'm never going to pick her to win a big match because she just doesn't. They don't book her that way. Even though she's one of the hardest working damn people in the business and she continues to get better and better and better every single week, she is an incredibly talented performer. Character still missing something. I don't know how to define what Liv Morgan or who Liv Morgan is. She doesn't have a, a, a resume building win. She's a pretender until I see otherwise, until I see WWE put some stock into her and actually show that they actually have some plans for her to do some big things. I can't pick her to do that. How about Raquel Rodriguez, contender or pretender SP3 as we get a, uh, a rush in from, uh, from, from baby SP3? <laughs> 
Uh, that's that's Harlem Rain. Every uh, a lot of people know Harlem Rain. She's the best best guest host on True Hill Heat, as she says milk in the background. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I would say, is a contender. She is probably the best option from SmackDown as far as I think the best option as far as baby faces in this match. She has the size. She has a built-in feud off of that first match with Ronda Rousey. So I'll go contender. Um. I'm leaning pretender on this one. Again, I just think it's it's too early in her her main roster call up. They don't tend to really hot shot a lot of people once they get straight up. They don't tend to do that. I know they did her a lot of favors by giving her that match with Ronda Rousey and basically letting her whoop Ronda Rousey's ass. And yeah, you have something that you can build off of. Do I think they actually are going to do it? No, I think Raquel is going to sit in kind of creative purgatory for a while and beat up on some of the, the, the lesser known people. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't see her walking with the briefcase. I think it's too early uh, in her tenure on the main roster. Last, but maybe least, I don't know. What do you say, SP3? Lacey Evans, contender or pretender for money in the bank? I'm going to surprise a lot of people. She's the odds on favorite to win. You got to consider what her plans were before she left. And it was for her to win the Raw Women's Championship in part of that Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair storyline. They gave her the massive push with all those vignettes to build up to her. And Money in the Bank is on July 2nd, two days before July 4th. So what would WWE do? Put the Money in the Bank on the former Marine. I'm going to shock you of the people who are currently in the match. I agree with you for every reason you just spelled out. People might sit here and think, oh, they have no idea what they want to do with Lacey. Is she a baby face? Is she a heel? Is she on Raw? Is she on SmackDown? All of that's true. But you have to think about what her plans were before she had her child and had had to go away. She was scheduled to win the Raw Women's Championship and feud with Charlotte Flair. They obviously see something in Lacey. They made a huge deal about her return uh, to the company. They gave her literally weeks of vignettes. She wins her first match back against Zia Lee. Hell yeah, she's the odds-on favorite to win this of the women that are in the match. Now, if Charlotte gets added, if Becky gets added, I think those odds change drastically. But as of right now, for these five, no doubt about it. Lacey is the favorite, and, and Queen agrees. Until Becky gets added, Lacey is my favorite. Also, July 4th weekend, as, as SP3 uh, brought up. So, we agree on some. We disagree on some. You sure you don't want to reconsider Omas? So I, could, I could type this out. You know, I could make sure. Be all capital letters, pretender. <laughs> We felt the same way about Otis. Again, we remember this. I remember we had a conversation about this before that money in the bank. I think it was with you. And we said, there's no way that we, 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 we glossed over Otis. Don't put it past WWE to do something insane. Come money in the bank weekend. We appreciate that. Everybody who has tuned in to our live event uh, here today, every Tuesday, we are on 215 uh, Eastern Standard Time live. We appreciate you guys. Make sure to pound that subscribe button. Make sure to pound the thumbs up button. That really helps drive up our audience. So we appreciate you guys uh, for doing that. Uh, myself and Jeremy Bennett, we will be back at our regularly scheduled time, assuming I still have power this week, uh, for our NXT recap show tomorrow, 7 a.m. SP3 and myself will be back on Thursday 
at 7 a.m. recapping AEW Dynamite. Brian Danielson scheduled to make his appearance to uh, talk about Forbidden Door and his status for that pay-per-view. A lot of eyes are going to be on him for that one. And then Friday, 7 a.m., it is the Forbidden Door prediction show with Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc., so make sure to tune in for that. We got you covered this week as far as all your professional wrestling needs. We got you handled here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We do appreciate everybody for tuning in today. We'll talk to you guys again down the road. We have been brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.